Mackie is the uh, campus, is the, not the campus minister, the former campus minister from Alabama, and he is now the pulpit minister at the uh, Columbia Church Planting. And it's, uh, there we go. Yeah, we can get a shout out for Columbia, all right, with those guys that are there. And they're telling me to talk louder here. That never happens at my house. But anyway, so I, I know you guys know Mackie. Mackie has a passionate love for God, a passionate love for his word, and a passionate word for the lost. And that really qualifies him for uh, speaking to this group about what we'll be talking about this weekend. So I'm going to pray with him and for him, and then we'll turn it over to Mackie. Would you bow with me? Father, it's a, it's a cool thing to be able to stand on the stage with Mackie, Father. You have uh, made our paths crossed. You arranged times and places in a way that allowed us to come to this moment. And Father, by, while I hope both of us are encouraged by that reality, I know, Father, that you brought him here for a greater purpose than just to encourage either me or him. You brought him here in order to reach into a lost world to make disciples for you who will go and do unbelievable things for you and for your kingdom. So, Father, as he speaks tonight, help him to be aware that the one who penned the book of Revelation, who spoke the words, the, Re the Revelation, that inspired it, is the one, Father, that is working in his present. And all the wisdom and all of the power that is clear within the book of Revelation is also available tonight. So give him words, give him confidence, and Father, I pray that uh, all of us in the audience will heed the admonition. Father, in the, in the vernacular of our theme, it's word up. John would say it differently. He would say, for him who has the ears to hear, let him hear. So Father, I pray you'll help Mackie to speak clearly, and Father, help us to listen well with you, making changes, changes so that we can be more like your son and we can bless the world we live in. Thank you again for the grace of God, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. The farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground, and when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell along the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, it yielded a crop a hundred times more. Then was sown. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Thank you. Was that a long enough pause? Okay, to freak everybody out. The worship team's worried. What are we doing? This guy's crazy. He's done crazier things. I feel you. But you know, when that was originally said, there was a larger crowd, I believe, gathered than there is tonight. And Jesus was the spokesperson, one who had done many miracles. And when I say people traveled for miles, they had no planes, trains, automobiles. They had their legs or maybe a camel. And they traveled for miles, if not days, to come and hear this man speak who had done wonders, who had changed lives, who everyone was talking about. And they get there, and literally, this is what Jesus says. A farmer threw some seed on the ground. Some landed on bad soil. Some landed on good. Some of it grew and then died. Others grew and kept growing. If you get it, you get it. That's what he said. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He means 
If you get it, you get it. And, you know, I, I worry sometimes when I think about, I read a book years ago, it was called Preaching Like Jesus. Very convicting book. For you preachers out there, if you've never read it, I would recommend it. Um, but I remember just being astonished with Jesus being okay. Being okay with folks walking away. Being okay with saying the difficult thing and then watching them turn and go the opposite direction. Watching the rich young ruler with all of his money exit their ministry. And then I think about the way I preach. I have to have a cute illustration, you know, or a good joke, something funny. I've got to hold your attention. I have to sing and dance. I have to elevate my tone and lower it. And I've got to do all these things. And I think about it so much. How do I do a good job? And Jesus goes, there was a farmer, threw some seed. Some of it grew, some of it didn't. If you get it, you get it. And he dropped the mic. The reality of that day and time when Jesus said, if you have ears to hear, let them hear. That reality is the same tonight. If you have ears to hear, you may hear something from God. If you don't, you may not. And that's the reality that we all face. It's a sad but true reality that Jesus was pointing out. Now, I want all of you to hear something special from God, but it's just, it just doesn't work that way. Some will have ears to hear and some won't tonight. But don't misunderstand me. It is your choice. You have a choice tonight to tune in, to focus, and to hear something from God or not. But it is your choice. And my job tonight is pretty simple. I'm going to introduce our theme, Word Up. I'm going to talk about how we're going to be coming from uh, the second and third chapter of Revelation and look at the seven letters that are written to the churches. But my biggest job tonight is to ask you this question, do you have ears to hear? And then help you by the night's end to get your ears ready for what's coming for the rest of this weekend. Guys, you're going to be in front of some magnificent speakers. And I'm, I'm saying that to credit God and not them because God put a gift in them that they're going to then share and use for His glory. But I'm telling you, you have some good, godly men that know how to communicate God's Word clearly and soundly. And if you miss something this weekend, I'm convinced it's an ear problem. Amen? Now, let's review before we dive in too much here. Let's review our last two years. Y'all like the last two years of your life in this world? Been a great two years. It's been crazy. COVID-19. I think we're finally, at least in Missouri, maybe uh, not everybody's from Missouri, but I think we're finally on the road to Damascus. Some of y'all will get that later. Demask us? Anyway. All right, now the rest of you are there. Yeah. But COVID-19 changed some things. It was rough. It turned our world on its head. We saw a loss of life in all seriousness. Some of us lost some very dear people to us, even members of the Crossing Church during the COVID pandemic. 
Churches were set afire in the last couple of years. There's a war between Ukraine and Russia. There's a war between races. Mass shootings, more losses of life. It seemed at every turn. Empty shelves and gas prices through the roof. Say amen when you can. Anybody else hurting? That sucks, man. Restaurants and businesses shut down. Just couldn't make it. And this is how I know the end is near. Walmart is no longer 24 hours, at least where I'm from. That is just wrong. Political war rages on. We just finished Pride Month. And I think from my standpoint, I saw more advertisement and more media push during this Pride Month than I can remember in my lifetime. At every turn, at every movie, at every TV show, there had to be something inserted, whether it fit the storyline or not. There's definitely an agenda. Roe versus Wade is overturned. And that has got my social media going crazy. I don't know about the rest of you. But you know, I try not to watch too much CNN, too much MSNBC, or too much Fox News, but I got to watch just enough so I can know a little bit about what's going on in the world. I know some of y'all in here don't want to hear this, but some of y'all are obsessed with that stuff. And you let it just kind of control the way you think and the way you feel and the way you respond. And man, I'm just, I watch, but I'm not obsessed. But as I'm watching this, some, there's two words that lately, as I've been watching these shows, and maybe it's always been there and it's just struck me recently, but two words stand out to me. I think. I think. You say, what's wrong with that? Well, nothing, but when you start attaching things, listen to this. I think the United States should fill in the blank, and you can fill it in with a lot of things. Or I think the president should fill in the blank. Let me give you a few. Tell me if you've heard any of these. Say amen if you've heard it, okay? I think the United States should send military aid to Ukraine. Yeah? Are y'all awake? Okay? I think um, the president should rescue Brittany Griner, the WNBA player, and get Putin to let her come home. Y'all heard that? I think we need a wall to keep illegal immigrants out of our country. You heard that? I think we need to tear down all the walls and let anybody come that wants to come. You heard that? I heard. I think women should have the choice to abort their babies. Their body, their choice, right? That's what I think. I've heard that. It's not what I think. I heard that. I think people should be able to choose their own gender. I think love is love, no matter if it is heterosexual or homosexual. Anybody heard that? Y'all ain't heard none of that, right? Let me say this about what you think. You see, when you create your own universe, you can take all those things you think and you can make it law in your universe. Here's the problem. You didn't create this universe. The Lord of hosts did. The Lord of heaven did. And so it's, let me just say this as respectfully as I know how. I don't care what any of you think. 
I don't even care what I think. I don't. It's not a joke. I care about what God thinks. I want to know His thoughts. I want to think like Him. You see, I didn't create the world. You didn't create the world. I didn't send my son to die for the sins of the world to save the world. I didn't do that. And that would be a hard call for me. I love my son. I only got one. It's not like I got more to spare. I'm not sending my only son. I didn't die on a wretched cross for this world. I didn't resurrect from the dead to give me ultimate credibility. I didn't do any of those things. I don't have authority to forgive sins. But Jesus does. And Jesus said that all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to him solely, exclusively, no one else. All authority. Last time I checked in the Greek, that that word all meant all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to Jesus. Here's my translation of that. Your opinion just doesn't matter. Some of you just tuned out. That's too aggressive for you. Well, man, y'all ain't heard nothing yet, but listen. Some of you tuned out. Here's why. Because you think your opinions do matter. Like deep down inside, you want to argue with me. My opinions do matter. My thoughts are important, and you need to listen to them. My feelings need to be validated. Say amen when you've heard some of this nonsense. Listen. The problem that I'm describing is nothing new. You see, when you're in the category of people that say, I need to speak more often because what I know and what I think matters more than you do, when you're that person and when you're offended that I say your opinion doesn't matter and when that's you, this is an old, old problem. It goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. When you look at what got Adam and Eve to eat from that tree that God said, leave alone. Listen, God's word was loud and clear. But they had a listening problem. But how did the listening problem work? Did they not understand what God had said? See, God gave the message to Adam. And it was after this that we know he must have understood because he explained it pretty well to Eve. Now, he might have added a detail. I don't, I'm not sure how that worked. But Eve did say that we can't even touch the thing. Is that an addition that she got from her husband being extra protective? Maybe. Or maybe it's just the understanding that Adam had as well. I don't know all those details. But what I know is they understood that tree is a no-no. God made it clear. But here's the problem, the age-old problem. The serpent enters and adds an additional voice. And the additional voice is loud and clear as well from the serpent. But here's where they failed. They didn't, it wasn't that they didn't hear both messages clearly. It was that they chose one over the other. They chose to listen to the, they heard both. But they listened to one 
Some of you this weekend are not going to have ears to hear. And here's why. Because you're going to like the other voices in your world, in your culture, in your, on your university campuses. You're going to hear a voice that makes you feel more comfortable and allows you to express what you really feel and think deep down inside. God's word is never going to change. It is what it is. He ain't changing his mind. That's not the type of God that he is. But some of you will fall into the trap that Adam and Eve did. Do you know one, the number one temptation, I think, that they faced that got them to eat from that tree and to, to not listen to God but to listen to the serpent was this. The serpent said, you could be as God. You could be like God knowing good and evil. And I think one of our problems, that age-old problem that still faces us today is that we, deep down inside, want to be God. Our opinions matter. Why? Because we think we are the ruler. And our world tells us that we can be. You know, Burger King for years had a slogan. It was all over those little paper things that they put on the tray that they then stick your food on. You know what it used to say? It used to say, have your way right away. Right? You know what it says now? After 40 years, they changed it. You know what it says now? Be your way. Be your way. And that's the message of our culture. You do you. Whoever you want to be. You want to be a different gender, you be a different gender. You want to love someone of the same sex, you love someone of the same sex. And I'm talking about intimately, physically, sexually. Just to be clear. I over-explained that. I get it. Yeah, I don't know what's coming out of my mouth half the time. Listen, I have been praying for y'all. That is not preacher lingo. And this is not to brag on myself. I think it's pretty pathetic compared to Jesus' 40 days, okay? But I've been fasting and praying for this gathering. Um, it's coming on about 48 hours now. So I'm pretty hungry. I don't do well without food. Um, but I've been praying and fasting for this audience because I think sometimes our ears are so dysfunctional that it's going to take something. It's going to take some movement of God to unclog our ears, to hear what he wants to say to us tonight. And I've been praying for that. I've also been praying for some other exciting things that have, that have come our way with the Columbia Church plant, with Crossway Church, that I thought warranted fasting. Here's what I hope. I hope this weekend that there's at least some in the audience that are desperate to hear what God is going to say to you tonight and over the course of the weekend. See, some of y'all are just like, yeah, all right, uh, when's dinner? You know, that's, that's the ear problem. But if you know you're in front of God's word, like the one who made everything, and you can't get excited to hear what's going to happen or, or be said next, there's an ear problem. Because God has something very, very special in mind for all of you if you'll open your ears to hear him. This weekend, the theme is Word Up. In the 80s, 
This meant simply, I approve or I agree. So it's kind of like amen. So from now on, instead of amen, I'm going to ask you to say word up. That's going to be fun, at least for me up here. (laughs) Now, word up. Word up. All right. So now, there's some different ways that we hear from God. I don't know if you're aware of this. And some of y'all are going to be like, oh, hold on, what's he about to say? You know, I'm pretty sure it's just the Bible. Hang on a second now. I'm not going to go off the deep end and say that I've got a special word from the Lord. And, you know, we need an appendix at the back of the Bible to insert my comments. You know, I'm not there. Listen, but there are a few ways that I think God speaks to us. And I think before we go too much further, we need to kind of talk about it. This, this weekend, we're going to look at seven letters to seven churches in Asia that are recorded in the book of Revelation chapter 2 through 3. And I want to show you the first 16 words that can change your life. Write these down. And these are found at the end of every one of the seven letters to the seven churches in Asia. He says, he who has ears to hear, let them hear. And we heard that from Jesus already, but we now add a few more words He says, he who has ears to hear, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And I'm here to tell you guys that he was talking to those seven churches, and I pray that your ears are open enough to hear the Spirit of God talk to the churches present here tonight. Word up. Jesus is telling us something here, that it is possible to physically hear something without spiritually hearing it. Let me explain with a little lesson in Greek. And I'm no no Greek scholar, but I know enough to be dangerous, okay? So let me be dangerous for a minute. What I know is there are three words in the Greek language that represent the word, word. So write down word, and then write down these three words. The first one is grapho. I'm probably butchering it. I'm from Alabama. It's grapho in Alabama, okay? Listen, grapho is simply the written word of God. It's your Bibles. When a prophet heard the word and he put it down on paper, that was grapho. The other one that you may be quite familiar with is logos. And this word, of course, is the one used in John chapter 1 when it said, in the beginning was the logos, the word. And in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. And he goes on to say a few verses down that that word, the Logos, became flesh. And we know him to be Jesus who made his dwelling among us. And he came full of spirit, full of grace and truth and the power of the spirit. These first two words are found in our first passage of scripture that I want to put on the screen tonight. It's in Revelation chapter 1, verse 3. And then I'll come back and give you that third word. But the first two words appear here in Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, and it says, Blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy, and that's the logos. And blessed are those who hear it and take to heart what is written. That's the grapho. What is written in it? Because the time is near. But let's go back to that last slide. What is the rhema? The rhema 
is God's specific message to you. Listen, we're going to read a bunch of passages of Scripture, a bunch of grapho tonight. And guess what? The content of that grapho is the logos. And so you're going to be exposed. Your eardrums are going to vibrate, and you're going to hear this physically. But the rhema, I'm not sure. It depends if you have ears to hear. What God has to say, not to the person sitting next to you, don't sit there and think, hey, I'm glad they're here hearing this because this is what they need to hear. Listen, the rhema is for you. And God is that good and that powerful to speak to individuals here tonight. I ain't that good, but he is. When his word goes out, his spirit gets involved, wielding his sword, the spirit's sword, and he does his work through the rhema of God. And that's what I've been praying for. I don't know what it's going to be, but if you'll open your ears, it doesn't matter who is up here. If the word is being proclaimed, then the rhema can be a reality in your life. You can hear God specific, specifically addressing you. But you got to open your ears. In Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Now, Hebrews is written to a church, to Christians who are in a hostile culture. And there are many of them on the run for their lives, being extremely persecuted. But listen to what he says here. He says, but in the past... Let me read this. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. Now, when you I want, keep this up here because I want you to see. Let's, let's, yeah, there we go. Keep this. I want you to see something here. Notice. And some of you may say, well, this is talking about in the past tense. It said, in the past, God spoke, but now he has spoken still in the past through his son. And I'm trying to tell you that there's a real rhema of God going on right now. You go, but that's past tense. Well, check out what we underlined up here. Well, we ain't got no underlines for some reason. Go, go forward. There you go. Here we go. In verse 3, we, we stop short. That's my fault. It's not Jess's fault. Everyone wave at Jess. She loves that. So anyway, the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. But check this out. Here we are in the present tense. Sustaining. That's right now. He's sustaining all things by his powerful rhema. He's sustaining it now. With his powerful rhema. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. Let me show you some other passages that illustrate that rhema is alive and well right now. It is active. Listen to this in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17. I made allusion to this just a little while ago. He says, take the helmet. Paul says this to the church in Ephesus. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the rhema of God. It's how the Spirit works on us. 
If you're not convinced, look at Romans chapter 10, verse 17. This is a passage we all in the, that have been around the church very long know very well. Paul says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the rhema of Christ. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 25, it says, but the word of the Lord, the rhema of the Lord, endureth how long? Are we still in forever? Absolutely. And this is the word, the rhema, by which, I'm sorry, which by the gospel is preached unto you. We had to go to the King James to get this one right. The rhema of God is available. God has a special message tonight. If that doesn't excite you, then your wood is wet. Y'all know what that means? I'm going to help y'all out. I mean, if your wood's wet, you can't light it. Y'all follow? You can't put no fire to it. It ain't going to burn. All right? The fire could be as hot as it wants to be. Your wood's wet. Well, sounds like an ear problem. Word up. All right. <laughs> All right. Listen to the warning that these Hebrew Christians get in this next passage. Let's, let's go to Hebrews chapter 12, verses 25 through 27. And it says, see to it that you do not refuse him who speaks. Are y'all listening? I hope you're seeing to it because he's speaking. See to it that you don't refuse him who speaks. If they didn't escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, how much less will we if we turn away from him who warns us from heaven? Notice, God says that God speaks present tense. But if we refuse to listen, we will not get away with it. I don't know if you've ever noticed this before in your world. But man, just thinking back over, the, over my life and just remembering all the different things that I've witnessed in this world and all the changes. I'm not even that old, but I can, man, I, I came up with a lot of things. But do you understand? And I wouldn't propose to say when God is doing these things. When he's allowing them versus he's causing them, I wouldn't propose to tell you that. But what I know is that God, when you don't listen and he doesn't have your attention, he can start shaking things. I don't know if you believe that or not. Say you believe that with a word up. He will shake things up and he will make you uncomfortable to get your attention. We know the passages in Hebrews just a chapter before this. I'm sorry, no, it's in this uh, same chapter, earlier in this chapter, where he says, look, endure, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you like sons. You see, sometimes my son, he don't listen. Now, he's doing a pretty good job lately, but he don't listen sometimes. That's when you got to shake things up and get his attention. And God, notice what he says that he shakes. He says, the words once more indicate the removing of what can be shaken, that is, created things, so that what cannot be shaken may remain. What did God just do? When he shakes something up, it is not to punish you. You know what it's for? To get your attention to help you better listen. It's also to call your attention back to, the. if, if this is shaking, that ain't where your attention needs to be. It needs to be on the things that remain solid. He would go on to say after this, and we'll read this. Well, I don't know if we will or not. But he goes on to say he's talking about his kingdom. 
and it can't be shaken. God wants to get your attention desperately. And he'll shake things up if that's what it takes. Look at Revelation chapter 1, verses 12 through 19. I want to take a look and learn three very quick lessons from the writer of the book of Revelation. And I think it should jump off the page here at you as we read this. But this is John. And he says, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white, not because he was old, but because he was glorified. The hair on his hair was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. And when I saw him, notice, John says, I fell at his feet, though dead, all that stuff from Ashton Kutcher with the Jesus is my homeboy nonsense. He ain't your homeboy. When you, if you saw him, I think you'd be like John. Like, whoa, woe is me. He falls though dead on his face. He face plants. He says, then he placed his right hand on me and said, don't be afraid. Man, thank, thank you, God, that you're full of grace. And not just wrath. Because if it was that, we would be undone. We'd have no shot. Notice what he says. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead and now look, I'm alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys <laughs> to death and Hades. Mm. Write, therefore, John, what you have seen, what is now, and what will take place Later, I want to give you three very quick lessons that we learned from this just short section of what John has written. But you learn this from John. The first one is this. Give your undivided attention to God this weekend. Give your undivided attention. If you notice, look at the detail that John wrote. He wasn't missing a thing. His eyes were wide open. His ears were clear he was hearing things. He was describing the way they sounded. There was such intimate detail. He was tuned in. I wonder if you are. Notice the way he describes the voice, the voices that he heard. In verse 15, he says his feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. You know, if you go through the rest of the book of Revelation, here's some descriptions of the voices. I went through the whole book and looked at these, and here's one, the sharp double-edged sword. We read that, right? What does that mean? That means, man, when he speaks, it can cut. You say, why would I want to be cut? Well, you ever had to have surgery? This kind of cutting that he does is for your benefit. He might hurt, man. Might be tough, but you're going to end up better off. The sharp double-edged sword is one way that his, his mouth, his words are described. Another one is trumpet. 
like he's like trumpets were playing. And a trumpet, of course, is a warning, or it's a call to battle. And God, his voice is like trumpets in this, in this book. His voice is like loud peals of thunder and lightning. There are earthquakes associated when he speaks. Rushing waters we read about and loud cries from multitudes. When you heard that God was about to speak tonight, did you go, bring on the rushing waters? I'm ready for an earthquake. I better pay attention because something magnificent may be said tonight to me with God's special rhema, his word for me. I wonder, does God have your undivided attention? Number two lesson we learned from John, write down what you hear. I think that's a pretty obvious one, right? We only have the book of Revelation because he saw and heard and wrote it down. And I'm here to tell you guys, there's a reason we pass out notes every Sunday morning across our church plants, and we have people fill in blanks. There's a reason for that. Everything tells us that, man, you're going to forget that in the next day if you don't write it down. If you write it down, it might linger two or three days, especially if you put it on your fridge and, and you meditate on it later in your quiet time. We need to write down what we see and what we hear. Take good notes this weekend. Word up. Take good notes this weekend. Number three, we're going to worship God. That's what we learned from John, to worship God. You say, where did it say that? Well, in Revelation chapter 22, verse 8 and 9. Boy, we got this whole thing underlined. I don't know why. But... It's all important. This is God doing something. I don't know. All right. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, don't do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and your fellow prophets and with all who keep the words of this scroll. Worship God. Listen, we need to learn that lesson. You say, what does that have to do with hearing? Man, I'm telling you, it has a lot to do with hearing God's word. When you worship and when you praise, guess what you're not doing? You're not thinking about yourself, at least I hope not. You're praising him. You're thinking of all the good that he's done in your life. And man, the songs that we pick are not, not on accident, but we pick songs that, that purposefully connect with our stories. And this is a group of messed up people, word up, that God has made right. So when we praise, we're really praising. We're not going through the motions. And when that happens, I'm telling you, it softens your heart and it prepares your mind to receive something that God wants to say. So I want to encourage you this weekend, learn from John and worship with abandon. Don't worry about what anybody else is doing. You praise him. You want to cut a rug, cut a rug. You want to lift your hands, lift your hands. You want to shout hallelujah? Shout hallelujah. Praise him. Worship him. Um, speaking of worship, I forgot this was next. Uh, I'm going to call our Columbia team up, and since I'm talking about it, why don't we just do it for a second? All right, so let's dive back into this, man, now that our hearts are ready, right? We worship, we're ready to hear even better than we were before. 
You guys, um, you guys ever play with CB radios? It's a little uh, weird name, walkie talkie. I don't know, it sounds kiddie, but anyway, walkie talkie. Um, <laughs> you ever heard this, the phrase when you're working on those uh, CB radios? 10-4, good buddy. And it's also a poker hand, by the way, uh, 10-4. Anyway, copy that. Or maybe you've heard, do you have your ears on? You ever heard that? Do you have your ears on simply means, are you tuned in to the right frequency to hear the message that's coming across the airwaves? And so tonight, Jesus is asking that question, do you have your ears on? Do you have your ears on? Do you have ears to hear? Well, if you remember, it's been a while since I got up and did my mini sermon and sat down, right? But we're going to go back to that text now. And I'm going to give you four very practical things. This is about getting equipped, right? Word up. All right, let's get equipped. I'm going to give you four things that we learn from Jesus' parable. So let's look at this. The first thing, I must cultivate an open mind. When you look back at that parable in, in Luke chapter 8, verse 5, look at what it says. It says, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering his seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on, and the birds ate it up. Listen, if you're living a life based on this, it's for the birds. If you're living a life where you don't let God's word in, that life is for the birds. And he says, but this is the reality. When you, till, when you till the ground to get it ready for seed to go in, listen, they're inevitably done in rows, and then there needs to be a path that you walk on so that you can fertilize, you can water, and you can take care of those crops, and later you can harvest. So the path ends up getting beaten down by your walking and by its lack of cultivation. We need to cultivate a mind that is not hard. Some of you have been described as hard-headed. That's not completely disconnected from this idea of having bad ears. You see, because sometimes God wants to go through your ears, into your mind, into your heart. The mind and the heart are very difficult to separate in the Scriptures. That's why the word metanoia for repent, that's why it literally means to change your mind or your worldview. Because the mind and the heart are so intertwined. And if we can just change and transform the mind and the heart, then we can go somewhere. God can get something done in our lives. But we have to first cultivate an open mind. Some of you, like the path, are narrow-minded and some of you have calluses. Y'all got a callus on your hand? Some of y'all got them on your hearts for a number of reasons. Look at Luke uh, chapter 8, verse 12. This is Jesus' explanation when his disciples come to him later and say, what was with the parable, man? He says, those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. That opportunity is here tonight. You can hear. You can get excited for a moment. But because your heart is hard, it can't really take root, and the devil will snatch it away. And it won't even be that hard for him. 
You see, the hardened soil, you can write this down, the hardened soil equals a closed mind. And I want to give you three real quick causes of a closed mind. I'm going to blaze through these. The three causes that I could come up with for a closed mind were pride, fear, and bitterness. If you're too prideful, that means you know everything already and nobody needs to tell you anything. You're smart. You got it figured out. Who's that guy on the stage? Who does he think he is? My opinions do matter. Yeah. Pride is a terrible thing. It's the sewage pipe by which a lot of other sins flow. Pride. Number two, fear. Man, what if I let God in? What if I, what if I do hear something special? What if he calls me into the unknown? What if he calls me to go on the next church plant? What if he calls me to do something that's going to take me all the way outside of my comfort zone? I'm afraid of that, and so... I harden myself. I put up a wall. I become the hard path, and his word can't penetrate because I'm fearful. What about bitterness? Some of you guys don't want to hear. Like, if we open up a passage of Scripture about forgiveness, and and man, y'all don't want to hear what Jesus said about forgiveness when he talks about the parable of the unmerciful servant, and he goes, look, man, this guy owed all this money, and it was canceled for him. Then he turned around, and he couldn't even cancel a debt of five bucks for this other guy. I know those numbers aren't right. Listen, he's saying these hard things about forgiveness, and some of y'all go, eh, nope, I'm out. Because you don't know, Mackie, what happened to me. You don't know what they did to me. Listen, you're right, I don't. But I know some of my brothers and sisters in here that have went through sexual abuse, who went through verbal and spousal abuse, and all kinds of hurts. I know some who have prostituted themselves out that are now part of church plants. We have a male prostitute on our church plant in Columbia. Now, he ain't still a male prostitute, okay? But he used to be. But bitterness can keep you because you don't want to forgive. you like Jonah. Nah, man, I don't want to talk to them Ninevites. You're just going to forgive them. You run away. But guess what? God will shake you up. You know what he'll do? He'll send a fish and swallow you and then spit you out in the right direction. Psalm chapter 40, verse 6. Listen to this. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but my, but my ears you have opened. I want you to understand something, guys, that you can ask God to open your ears. If you struggle with bitterness, if you struggle with fear, and you go, God, I don't want to stay there, ask him. Ask him to open your ears. Ask him to get rid of those things. Maybe you need to take a class, man, like healing is a choice. Or maybe you need to do one of, our, one of our healing ministries, our Manasseh ministries. Maybe you need to go and get some help with this thing. But ask God to dig out your ears. That's what one translation said, to dig out your ears. The word here that's used in the Greek literally means to like digging a hole in your ear. NIV used to translate it, it pierced, that was wrong. It literally means to dig a hole or to open it up, to clear it out of all the clutter that's preventing me from hearing. That's why James chapter 1, verse 21, listen to what it says. It says, so get rid of all the filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word that's planted in your hearts, for it has the power to save your souls. See, some of you need to get some cleaners. Get the junk out so that you can hear what God wants to say.
Let me give you the second thing. The second way that you can tune into God's words. Make time to listen. Now some of you get a hand clap already. You showed up on a Thursday night to a workshop and you're planning on being here every day. That's cool, you made time. But this goes uh, in a couple of different ways. We don't just need to show up to a workshop and expect that to be the magic dose that we all need. Hopefully it can be a springboard. It can be a shot in the arm to get you moving in the right direction. But guys, it's gonna take a lot more than that. But we need to make time to listen. Look at Luke chapter eight, verse six. It says, other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Jesus goes on to explain in verse 13 what he was talking about here. He says, the seeds on the rocky soil represent those who hear the message and receive it with joy, but since they don't have deep roots, they believe for a while, and then they fall away when, the, when they face temptation. You see, it's not like soil with a bunch of little rocks in it. What we're talking about is Israeli soil. In all likelihood, this is what Jesus is talking about. And if you know anything about soil in Israel, it's got limestone all underneath it. And a lot of the soil isn't very deep. You have, to be, you have to choose your space wisely because if you plant in certain areas, it's not gonna be deep enough to really get roots and to really become something more than what the shallow soil is. Write this down. Shallow soil is superficial minds or hearts. It's surface. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to church. I'm going to put on a face. I'm going to dress nice. I'm going to make it look like I got everything going on. I'll come and I'll sing some songs and I'll, I'll, I'll sit through the sermon. I'll even take some notes. But you're not letting it go any deeper than that. You're not listening for the rhema, the special message just for you. And you're not taking it from there and then doing something with it, putting it into practice. You are surface. I want to give you two ways that you can avoid being surface and shallow. Number one, have a daily quiet time with God. This ain't going to cut it. This is great, but you got to do this thing daily. Number two, you need a weekly small group. We call them cells, cell groups. The most fundamental, foundational part of the body, right, is the cell, the building block. So we call them our cell groups, our small groups. And then we also have discipleship times where the guys and the girls can get together and get in, like, like the girls get with girls and they get in each other's face and they comfort each other and they challenge each other and they live life together. I don't know how you don't end up superficial and shallow. I don't know how, how you end up anything else unless you're a part and you're active in a small group and a daily quiet time. Let me give you your third way. The third way that you can tune into God's word is you need to limit the competing voices. Remember the serpent? That was a competing voice. You have a lot of them. You ain't got one serpent. You got a bunch all around screaming while God's grapho is sitting over here on the table silent. The logos isn't doing anything. Because you're not giving him an opportunity. You're listening to the competing voices. Look what Jesus said in Luke chapter 8, verse 7. Other seed fell in the weeds. The weeds grew with it and strangled it. Jesus goes on to explain in verse 14. He said, the seed fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. 
What has got your attention? What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? Let me vote. I think, family feud time, I look at my phone, right? Number one, listen, that would be me if I didn't make a conscious effort to go, I'm not touching my phone until I thank God for the breath of my lungs this morning and ask him to guide me for my day. But guys, everything, as soon as you wake up, everything starts flooding to your mind. The things you got to do, the things you got to take care of, all this stuff. We live busy lives. C.S. Lewis said this. Oh, sorry, the soil. Let's, 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 let's let them fill that in. The soil <laughs> with weeds is the preoccupied mind. Now let's look at C.S. Lewis. The moment you wake up each morning, your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. And the first job of each morning consists of shoving them all back, C.S. Lewis says, in listening to that other voice, letting that other stronger, larger, quieter life come. You know the word busy? B-U-S-Y? You can write this down. It stands for being under Satan's yoke. If you're too busy, you're going too fast, you're going to miss God's voice, miss what he wants to show you. If you fly over Paris, France, you'll see something, maybe if you got a window seat. If you drive through Paris, France, you'll see a little more. If you walk through Paris, France, you're going to see a lot. We've got to slow down. have got to get less busy. You've got to get still and know that he's God. Sounds familiar, right? Word up. Fourth and finally, if you want to tune in and make sure you don't miss God's words, you hear him, you have ears to hear, then you must word up with what he says. You must agree with what he says. Listen, God is not going to give you a special message that you need to hear if he knows all you're going to do is argue with him when he tells you. You think? But if you come and you say, and I've been in this moment in my life, it's what got me to Missouri. I was on my knees, tearfully, in my front yard in Alabama. I can still see the scene. And I'm like, God, if you want me to stay where I am and grow another ulcer, if you want me to do that, I will do that. If you want me to get out of paid ministry, if you will, permanently, and go work at McDonald's, I will do that. And I promise you guys, I was saying it with all my heart, and I believed that. And I said, God, but if you want me to move to Missouri, if you want me to move to Texas, if you want me to go to California or Florida, listen, there were all kinds of possibilities. I didn't know what to do. I was like, God, what do you want me to do? I'll do anything. And that, my friends, is when I had the clearest communication from God than I could recall in my entire life. And I was supposed to come plant a church of all places in Missouri. That was not on my radar. But it was on God's. We need to agree ahead of time that whatever you say to me, I will do. And guess what? If God knows that's true, it needs to be true. It can't just be words. He knows the difference. But if he knows that's true, you're going to find that he talks to you more and more and makes it clear, clearer and clearer all the time. 
If he knows a fight's coming, he might not just waste his time. In Luke chapter 8, verse 15, it says, The seeds that fell in the good soil stand for those who hear the message and retain it in a good and obedient heart, and they persist until they bear fruit. Word up. The good soil equals a willing mind. In Psalm chapter 85, verse 8, and we're almost done. I want to listen to the psalmist's heart. This is what I'm telling you guys. You want, you want God to speak and be clear? Get to this attitude. He says, I want to hear what God the Lord says. Guess who's in charge when he says, the Lord, the Lord's in charge. He says, I want to do what God the Lord says because he promises peace to his people, to his godly ones, but they must not go back to their stupidity. In Psalm chapter 40, verse 8, a similar sentiment from David. He says, my God, I want to do what you want. Your teachings are in my heart. Do you want to do what God wants? If that's your attitude and you ask him, God, make it clear, he will. He will. But you got some reasoning to do within yourselves to say, does my opinion matter or do I just want to hear what God has to say? You need to resolve, where are your ears this weekend? Where are your heart? Where's your mind? What are you going to do? You got, which soil are you? By the way, you can be multiple ones in the same day, I think. It's been my experience. But this weekend, let's resolve to be the fourth soil with a willing and obedient mind and heart, ready to hear what God said and ready to put it into practice. In Luke chapter 8, verse 15, the latter part of that verse, we didn't read it yet, but it says this. They listen to God's word and they cling to them and steadily spread them to others who will also soon believe. Don't let the blessing of tonight and this weekend end with you. Go out and share it with somebody. And guess what? When God knows you're going to do that, guess what he's going to do? He's going to do even more. If you do very little, what's, what you've done might get taken away, man. But if we'll invest in what he's called us to do, he's going to bless us every step of the way. James, the brother of Jesus, is our final passage. But James said, don't merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but doesn't do what it says like someone who looks at his face in a mirror. And after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Man, some of y'all have heard me beat this thing to death. But man, imagine, all y'all look nice tonight. Y'all have clearly been in front of a mirror. Y'all have done well. But imagine you woke up this morning, you got boogers in your eyes. You got slobber coming down your drool on the side of your chin. Your hair's up here looking like a rooster, Right? And you look in the mirror and you see that hot mess of yourself. And you go, hmm. And you go out into public. Do you know what they say of folks like that? They crazy, right? Listen, if you take God's word, and there's been a hefty amount of it, okay? You take God's word tonight and you don't do something with it, you're like that crazy person that looked in the mirror and did nothing about what you saw. Let's clean out our ears. Word up. 
Let's have ears to hear. Word up. I don't think y'all are convinced. Let me hear y'all. We're going to have ears to hear, right? Word up. All right. Thank you guys for your attention.